into the contest. It is Monday, the 29th of November. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. Shane Lee, mate, how are you, buddy? Boys Weekend, I know you were there. I saw this stuff on Instagram. <laughs> a couple of beautiful bottles of red. Some very nice red we drank, mate, up there at a um, couple of bowls of basket press, actually, which was good. Mm. Um, and it's uh, one I've never had before. This Australis red wine. Amazing. Um, yeah, good food. Good laugh, mate. Bit of ping pong as well. A few challenges. Bit of bocce. Yeah, it was good fun, mate. Who won the ping pong? Hodja did, unfortunately, mate. But uh, I think that's the only real game he's actually really good at. So <laughs> he can have that one. He might be he might be heading to, to <laughs> Brisbane in the Olympic game. All right. Nothing like a weekend away. Absolutely wonderful. Now, will we ever get to Perth for the test match? This uh, new drama going on with the new strain out of South Africa may mean Perth are going to put rules in place that'll mean the test match goes somewhere else. We'll talk about that. The Matildas 3-0 lost to the US. Where does that leave them? And Dustin Martin. Martin, is he coming to Sydney? Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care. Targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. So Shane, Perth, uh, this test match, it's talked about and has been talked about for quite some time. They've got very strict rules, of course, Mark McGowan, the Premier over there, and they've put things in place since this new Omicron variant of the COVID uh, strain has come out the last few days, and it really does make you wonder whether we're ever going to get to Perth for that last test match of the summer. I say uh, we, I doubt it now, Timmy, because uh, the one uh, requirement England had uh, for this Ashes series, they said they would not go into a second hard lockdown. Um, so Perth has gone, or the CEO, Christina Matthews, said they were looking like getting the test match there was 97% chance. It's now at 50-50, and it's now affirming that both Melbourne or Sydney will host a second test. And it would almost make sense to do two test matches in Sydney, mm. wouldn't it? Because you you have your fourth test in Sydney and then give it a few days and, you know, even if you're prepared another wicket, um, which, you know, they can very well do. They're all brilliant at it, particularly the Sydney guys, and then play a second test in Sydney. Yeah, that would make total sense. Um, stay in Sydney to finish there and hopefully the series is really close. So, But, yeah, they would prepare another wicket just outside the ground, uh, bring it in um, and and where they would go, mate. So I dare say that will be the case, Timmy. South Australian wicketkeeper Alex Carey, look, he's played at the top level at a number of times. He's captained his country. He does seem to be the one if oh, – well, we know that, uh, you know, Tim Payne's not going to be there. Uh, he does seem to be the one logical choice for this keeping spot. Yeah, well, with Payne now um, taking an indefinite, um, I suppose, mental health break, uh, you won't see him in the green of gold again. Alex Carey just seems to me a guy that's very, very calm. Um, he has done well for Australia in the shorter versions of the game. 
and uh, he'll come in. Look, he's got a brilliant 101 off 93 balls, albeit in the Marsh Cup, which is a 50-over um, competition. Um, he still looked good, and the fact that he had to score some runs leading into this series just shows that he's the player to be there. And I think he's got enough um, mental toughness to to really just step up and, and go straight into this position as we keep for Australia and do a really good job this Sasha series. Yeah, he does seem ready to go, doesn't he? Yep. That century he scored, he's, he's a classy guy with the gloves on. Now, looking at the world game, a, a big crowd for the Matildas clash with the US, 36-odd thousand. I think that's the biggest we've seen for a Matildas game. And look, it's easy to look at the scoreline and think, oh, where, where, where are we at? Because they went down 3-0 to the US. They had some chances, but we do need to put a bit of perspective around it because they are the best team in the world. And, you know, I think that the Matildas are only going to get better. We've got the World Cup coming to Australia and New Zealand the year after next. And uh, look, and hopefully this second friendly will be a bit closer on the scoreboard. Yeah, look, I hope so, Timmy. Um, the US are the best team in the world, but the team that they uh, put on the paddock was not one of their strongest. So uh, a 3-0 loss uh, uh, to uh, the US by the Matildas uh, was disappointing. The US scored in the first 24 seconds, so the Matildas were always on the back foot. But um, it's good to see, as you said, a really big crowd, 36,000 at Stadium Australia. Um, just shows how much love there is for not only women's sport, but uh, the Matildas in this country. We've got a new boxing sensation. Mm. I got phone calls from everywhere yesterday. What about Cambosis? George Cambosis, he, uh, he's now the WBO, WBA um, ring lightweight world champion. And um, look, he knocked down Lopez, who was the out-and-out favourite in this fight um, in the first round. Lopez came back and he ended up winning on split decision. But, uh, yeah, George looks the goods, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a fantastic victory. Absolutely unbelievable. Now, AFL, Dustin Martin's Sydney rumour. It won't go away. No, it won't go away. He's up here training again. He loves to get out of the, the, the fishbowl of Melbourne, particularly uh, when you play AFL, uh, you run, you're under the spotlight in Melbourne the whole time. So he's been up here training with Sonny Bill Williams. Um, they reckon he could throw some punches too. The boys are both doing some sparring and some boxing. Um, but yeah, he does love it. And look, he looks bloody fit too, um, Dustin. He, uh, he's lost a lot of weight. Uh, he's been serious. He had a real off and on season last year in the AFL with injuries. So he's putting in a big preseason, which is, looks very, very good for the Richmond Football Club. Yeah, they looked all over the shop, Richmond. And I, and I yep. still think that some of the drama that happened with the coach at the start of the year had an impact on yeah, the mentality of their football team. Now, uh, Rugby League, uh, the Dolphins, Shad Wicker was here on Friday saying, when are we going to sign a player? Of course, he uh, <laughs> is one of the first signed up members of the Dolphins for 2023. And they've got a, a very handy player in Felici Kafusi. Yeah, Kafusi is a big, big signing for them. Um, he signed on a three-year contract, leaves the Melbourne um, Storm. Um, he's a state-of-origin player. Uh, he's won two premierships with the Storm, but he reunites with Wayne Bennett, who he's, um, I think, spent some time with in 2020 state-of-origin. Mm. So it's a, it's a really, really big signing, and that will allow the Dolphins now to start to build a team around a key marquee player like that. Yeah, exactly. And look, that's a good news story for him as an individual. Not so good for Karma Kamitha, another player at the Melbourne Storm. And they've been getting some dramas going, haven't they, the Melbourne Storm, with individual players? Because normally over the years, they've been a pretty tight ship. But uh, now Karma Kamitha has been stood down 
after an alleged hotel incident. Yeah, I want to sing a Boy George song when you say his name, Kamakamega. But um, I tumble at- for you, <laughs> not that one. Come, 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 chameleon. No, um, no, it's it's a it's not a good good news story. It's um, yeah, there's an alleged assault and he's been charged outside of Brisbane Hotel um, with a woman and um, the. Uh, Melbourne Storm have just said we do not tolerate any violence, particularly against women. So he's been stood down and um, you have to suppose wait for his time in court regarding that one. Yeah, he's in some strife, that's for sure. This is Afternoon Sport. We've got plenty more to come. Stay right where you are. Tennis, the dramas in the Davis Cup. Israel Folau, another comeback. F1 and so much more. See you soon. Now, Leighton Hewitt's blasted uh, these rumoured changes to the Davis Cup. Novak Djokovic has come back and, and had a bit of a crack at Leighton. Uh, what do you make of this whole thing? I'm on Leighton's side here. Um, I'm sure you would have guessed that one. But, uh, look, Leighton had some of his best moments in the Davis Cup. The Davis Cup's generally played home and away. So if you take on Belgium, you play some matches there and then they come to Australia. Um, due to COVID last year, they played in the Middle East. Um, all in one one spots because of travel and and quarantine. They're playing in one destination and they're looking at doing that moving forward, which will really take out the the heart and soul of, of the Davis Cup and what it means to play. You know, there's some of the great stories you hear from Leighton Hewitt and and the boys going and playing in say in Spain and the crowd are booing them and then um, you turn up and they're, they're going to play out here and they, and they get the reverse. So it takes away that real tribalry, I think, that the Davis Cup has. Yeah, it's a difficult one though, isn't it? Because trying to sort of yep. get around the world quickly in and out is uh, becoming a lot more difficult. I'm sure that that will change over the course of the next few years, but it is an issue. It's a massive issue and um, it's not going anywhere faster than Timmy. Yeah, NBL, Illawarra Hawks cleared to play that first round. This has been a, a bit of a mini-series, this whole COVID-19 scare. Everyone's going, oh, what's going on? Next thing you know, it was a false alarm. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, um, they've been all over, all over the shop down there at the Illawarra Hawks, but uh, the good news is that they will start the season. Uh, the COVID-19 scare has gone away and they will play. So good news for the Illawarra Hawks. Um, they've got a fantastic team this year, so uh, they'll be one of the key favourites, I think, in the whole competition. Well, you've made it pretty patently clear here on the show in the past that you're a massive Israel Folau fan. <laughs> well, mate, the rugby have changed um, some rules. And I think it's not a bad rule, rule change, this one. They're allowing players as of January 22 to um, go and play for the country of origin they were born in, um, even though they've played for someone else before. So that means Israel Folau, who played 73 test matches for the Wallabies, can go back to his, um, his home country of Tonga. Um, so he'll play with them. Uh, it also allows not if you weren't born in that country, if your parents or grandparents were, you're allowed to go and play for them as well. But you're only allowed to change countries once. So Israel, if he burns his bridges over there in Tonga, um, he can't then go to another country. Yeah, that looks like it's going to happen. Israel Folau to play for mm. Tonga. Certainly great for the for the national team uh, of Tonga. Look, uh, they've got some talented players like Samoa and other. Um, parts of the Pacific, they just need a little bit of Broadway. They need some publicity. Well, hopefully he can bring that to them. Hopefully it can be good publicity. So that'll be mm. an interesting watch. Now, Australia, it looks set to host the 2027 World Cup, Rugby World Cup I'm talking about, after being endorsed as the preferred candidate. And this may just be the boost the game needs to really hopefully kick it back 
into some shape. Look, we've seen some positive stuff over the course of the last, say, year or so. We saw the French series where the Wallabies played very, very well and against South Africa. Was a was a bit of a forgettable tour of the UK, some near misses, some very sloppy uh, games. But any time you get something international that comes, we saw it with Olympic Games here in 2000 and so on and so forth, you do tend to see boosts in particular sports. Yeah, you, you will. And uh, rugby have been giving a lifeline here. I think they've got six-year runway to to build rugby back up, to get the corporate support behind it mm. um, and get rugby back to where, where it should be, you know, as one of our really uh, preferred national sports. And uh, hopefully they get the board right and they can do that because um, right now rugby is sort of – they're cellar dwellers, mate, in, um, I suppose, in terms of, of sporting icons in this country. I really like it. I, I've always liked mm. rugby union and, and being a boy from Guildford and Sydney's western suburbs, we were all about rugby league. So I never got the opportunity to play not even a game of rugby union, but my kids play and I've worked on many, many rugby union world cups in various capacity and other tournaments and, and played well. It is such a spectacle. And at junior level, um, so good to watch. And they do it very, very well, particularly the New South Wales uh, system where they have the, their state cup for all the age groups. They definitely do, Timmy. And you're, you're right. It's um, yeah, some of the great sporting memories that I have personally have been watching the Wallabies play. Mm. So, look, hopefully they, they get it right. But as I said, they've got a six-year runway here. Um, they've got to really make it count now. Yeah, I know that Phil Kearns is obviously up front and centre in all of that, and he's a successful guy. Let's hope that uh, a bit of his Midas touch has a bit of a glow on mm. all of that. Now, pull your finger out. It's pretty blunt. It's a blunt <laughs> message to uh, Daniel Ricciardo from McLaren. They said the same thing to Hopewadi, didn't they? But uh, that was for de- very different, very different reasons. But no, um, yeah, McLaren, uh, particularly with the, the the guys who are building the car, um, want him to pull his finger out and get things right. And um, you know, he he made a big move to come over to the McLaren team, um, and he's sort of been very inconsistent at the moment. Um, they can see that this guy has talent, and we all know he he does. But they want some more consistent performances from him. Well, yeah, when you pay that kind of money, uh, he, he yeah. gets such an extraordinary amount of money. They all do. Uh, but uh, you want performance. It's as simple as that. Now, uh, winding the clock back today, we're gonna. You mentioned uh, you know getting the corporate support in and around um, mm. the Wallabies, and uh, we're going to go back to the Sydney Cricket Ground. And when you were actually working in the corporate boxes, tell me more. Well, I was playing, um, I was in the Australian one-day team at the time, as was Stuart McGill, um, mm. and we, uh, the test match was on, McGill wasn't playing, so we were paid money by the SCG Trust, myself, yep. Stuart McGill, and Brad McNamara, to go around to all the corporate boxes during the test match, go in, um, you know, have a chat to the punters in there, and, and talk about the game, etc. Well, they gave us 114 boxes to get through on the day. Um, we got through three before we were absolutely hammered. <laughs> but, the, but the second box we went into was PBL, and Kerry Packer was in there at the time. Um, and we didn't expect him to be in. As we walked in, he just stared at us. He said, get a beer and go talk to the missus out on the balcony. So he's very, very intimidating. So we went in there and just spoke to her and then sort of left, but uh, went through the other corporate boxes. But it was a fantastic experience to go in there 
And uh, but yeah, 114 was a little bit ambitious, I think, on their behalf. Did you only get the three um, corporate venues in, or did you get to a couple more than the three? No, no, we only got through three. Um, we, we sort of the first one we were in there for nearly uh, half of the day, and then we went to PBO for about 14 minutes, and then we went to uh, to the third box. But yeah, didn't get past that one. We we're having such a good time. I could imagine how the interview went afterwards with those that decided to make <laughs> you guys ambassadors for the day. Well, I suppose you, I suppose you want to do a comprehensive job. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, our fantastic sponsors in Main Hair Care. That's M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. And our great producer, where would we be without him? Dan McHugh, back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.